coming to you live from an abandoned storage locker somewhere in Mesa, Arizona. You're tuned into the Important Nonsense Podcast with Steve Bonham. Attention, Alan Hearn's mom. His knee is better. <laughs> you can stop worrying. And Neil Smith. Even with the concussion, as long as he's cleared, probably don't have a better option. Boom, shakalaka. Welcome in. The Important Nonsense Podcast. Steve Bonham, Neil Smith, at Nonsense underscore Steve, and Neil at Nonsense FF. Basically everywhere you can find us. And of course, most importantly and critically, patreon.com slash important nonsense. Uh, throw us a bone, people. Throw us a bone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how's everybody doing? Uh, how are you doing? Tonight, Neil? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess we can pretend like we didn't talk to each other like 10 minutes prior. To uh, it's been so long. <laughs> it's been so long. It's been so long. So long. But seriously, throw us a bone, people. Mm-hmm. I can't echo those sentiments enough. Help us keep this free. Help us keep the lights on around here. And to those of you who have already signed up, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you. And we hope you're enjoying the ride with us. And if you have suggestions or feedback and you're already a member, we would love to hear from you. So just post them in whatever various channels try to keep some methodology to the madness but let us know if you have any thoughts and feedback or if there's anything you'd like to see for those who are already subscribed because we're always looking for new content ideas especially yeah if you're if you're already a member we'll be happy to see what we can do in that department for you but with that shameless advertisement Mm -hmm. uh let's uh let's kick this off what do you think steve yeah Let's go through some uh, some news for this week. That's right. We're here to talk. We're going to do a little news, and then we're going to play a little game after the news, I think. And uh, we're here. Let's kick the news off with what everybody wants to talk about. The Houston Texans claim Royce Freeman off of waivers. The most significant news of probably the last three years of fantasy football. <laughs> uh, Steve, your thoughts as a bitter, bitter former Texans fan. Well, I mean, it's just so nice to see him and Philip Lindsay reunited. Um, the friendship continues. It, it, oh, yeah. it, it's a real Sammy Watkins, Robert Woods scenario they've got going on. It's just get no matter where me. they go, can't get away from each other. Uh, no, it's okay. again, we talked about this, like Scotty Phillips ends up going on IR after he barely got an opportunity to do anything. So. Right. Basically, they claim Royce Freeman off of waivers from Carolina, who, remember, was supposed to be the backup. He was supposed to be what Chuba did in Carolina. Uh, And unfortunately, he was the backup to the backup. And then as soon as Christian McCaffrey pretended to be healthy, uh, because I still don't buy it as a bitter CMC manager, uh, (laughs) Royce Freeman gets the axe, heads to waivers, and now is being punished in Houston. So Mm, purgatory, if you Mm -hmm. will sentence to hard labor. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate how honest that was and it Mm. wasn't bitter at all. No, not even there was, there was no bitterness involved in any part of that. No. Uh, But let's, let's, you really want to stop and talk about your feelings on, I kind of want to stop and talk about your feelings on CEH pretending to be, to be healthy. Are you still concerned? CMC? I did say CH because I'm looking at my notes. Thank you for correcting me. I do mean CMC. Uh, we'll use government. A, I mean, look at what's happened the last two years. I'm always concerned. I mean, okay. it's hard not to be concerned. But what okay. are you going to do? 
I didn't know if it was more than historical concern, or maybe you were going to drop some knowledge bomb on us no, uh, no. about about I, this current. I have no form. inside information. I just know, as somebody who has been dealing with this for two years now, it, it's it, it's taxing, Neil. It takes a lot out of you. I could see that. I could see yeah. that. The mental back and forth that you have to—you got—it's a lot of thinking. It's—is he really mm-hmm. healthy? Can you get the full workload? I don't know, man. Yeah. Do I care or not? <laughs> Frantically checking injury reports for two years straight every week. Yeah. Like, Look, the reality happen? of the situation is we're in week 10, right? That's correct. Like we are now, what is this? I have to do quick math in my head. There five weeks. Five we got weeks. Technically say, five weeks nor- left. For individuals in standard playoff formats. Yeah. The last week is week 14. So yes. So we, we have five weeks left of actual regular season fantasy football. And if you've gotten to this point and it still matters to you, about CMC playing, then you obviously had a decent backup plan. <laughs> Something was obviously working for you that if he isn't right and isn't healthy, you'll be fine anyway. So I think he's just like the the cherry on top. Gravy. Yeah, yeah. I, I do know what you mean. Okay. Well, let's move into our actual prepared comments and not me just poking sticks at you about Royce Freeman. <laughs> uh, we'll lead off the news with, it's important to note, we talked about, it's been a few weeks since we've talked about this, but the last time was when we had Edwin on actually for the second time. Uh, to to talk about Chris Carson's latest injury. Well, it appears that he is going to be, or he already has been, I should say, at this point, designated to return from IR. And it is looking, it is trending to Chris Carson playing this week. So with that in mind, Steve, where do you currently have Chris Carson in your weekly rankings? Because I have mine, I have mine right here. And it's always good when you have to scroll. Because currently I opened with him at 62. That will change if, you know, we get a couple practice reports and it's looking like he's actually going to play because for me, I, I'm going to probably likely put him in his usual spot somewhere in the, the teens, like the upper teens to the twenties. Cause he, you know, I don't think they're going to give him the full workload. So I don't think it'll totally eviscerate. I mean, there's a, there's guys on by, so that helps him a little bit, but yeah. he'll probably be like back end twenties would be like my estimation back in 20, maybe high end 30. Like even when he's played, okay. he hasn't been great. And I feel like he's still going to get slowly worked in, get part of his workload. I know they're getting rust back as well, which should help that. That offense. should help some. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, uh, again, I, I'm not excited about it. I, I don't think he's, he he's obviously not had the season that we hoped that he right. would have. He would, we had projected, frankly. Right. But again, there was the one week when he got hurt and kind of led to all of this, but his running back finish in PPR was 20, 16, 20, and then the week he got hurt. So has been consistent, but you know, I mean, nothing I'd write home about. Yeah, nothing that you're 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 super excited about. However, it is worth noting because if he is still on your roster, uh with with the buys and with where we are in the season, you're likely happy to have him back. Because I agree with you, I think they will probably work work in some of the other guys a little bit because they were kind of sneakily doing that anyway. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if it matters. I think Alex Collins is still borderline rosterable with Carson coming back, yeah. but I don't know about anybody else. DJ Dallas, Travis Homer, probably I think not. You no. can probably yeah. move on from all of that at this point unless something was to happen to Carson again. So, but again, just looking at the list, you have a bunch of like you have your usual staples. Um, 
your regular guys that are normally there. Plus you have guys like James Connor who have taken a leap because of the injury to chase. James Connor's having quietly a very nice season. He's having a decent season before he blew up last week. So that's not really that surprising. Uh, You have Michael Carter who's come on recently. You have both of the Denver guys who have just both been back end RB two every single week. It is so close to each other in total points too. It's amazing to watch. Uh, you have J.D. McKissick, who's going up against Tampa Bay, who continues to lead the league in pass receptions and pass yards to running backs. So how can you not love J.D. McKissick well, and it helps him. Tampa? It helps him that they can't establish the running game largely because Gibson's right. been hurt most of the year. So yep. they're they're always playing catch up. Their defense hasn't played nearly as well as anyone projected. So that's also contributing to them playing catch up. It's turning into a nice little season for J.D. McKissick. And then you've got guys like Devin Singletary, Devonta Freeman, and Dearness Johnson that are leaping into starting roles again because of other injuries mm-hmm. that are up there on that list as well. And I think Chris right. Carson slots in behind all those guys. So that puts him back in 20s for me, maybe okay. high in 30s. Interesting. You would take the shot on Devonta Freeman, I guess, probably would 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 do mm-hmm. i would think actually for myself even because he's playing on thursday night against miami and that run defense is right. possibly bad but even then it's it's a situation where like i said i feel like he's going to come back rusty i will take the shot on the guys who have been playing been in the offense and been healthy as opposed to the unknown of what is chris carson have left at this point and how much workload are they even going to give him that's fair because actually in a league that i'm that i'm i roster chris carson mm-hmm. i'm actually sitting him down this yeah. week because I have better options. So that's, that's why it's worth kind of talking through here in terms right. of should we recommend to everybody, Hey, he's playing slot him in your lineup. Mm, you know, it's not going to be that simple. You're going to have to go see what else you have and what your options are and where you're at with the buys and general roster construction. Uh, within, within the whole kind of vein of, of Chris Carson though, just in general, are you at all worried that, that what Edwin was talking about might come to pass at this point where this is kind of it effectively. It's time I mean, sure. I, I'm on. surprised he's even trying to come back at this. Cause point. that struck a chord with me when Edwin was talking about that from the last time we had him on. And for those yeah. who maybe don't listen to every show, which shame on you. Uh, the last time we had Edwin on to discuss Chris Carson injury, he made the, the, the statement that he was moving on from Chris Carson in all formats, including Dynasty. That this was yeah. the last year you could even roster him for Dynasty, and you need to find a trade partner and get that off your team because he's worried that it's a degenerative neck injury to go with all the other injuries that he already has and that you'll we're never going to get Chris Carson again. So it is worth bringing that point back up because that struck a chord with me because I've always been very pro Chris Carson. But at this stage in his career, even I have to concede, yeah, he's not – He's not as spry as he once was, right? unfortunately. So speaking of other disappointing running backs coming back from injury, uh, CEH. Yeah, exactly. Nailed it. Mm-hmm. CEH coming back. He Stuff is officially back. At... <laughs> uh, they call it the Michelle Kwan. Yeah. That's, that's what they call it in the industry. Uh, so, but CEH back at practice. I... I struggle to get any kind of enthusiasm. You know my historical feelings on CEH in general. But for those who are more interested and invested in this than I am, uh, CEH is back at practice. Are you worried about them doing the same thing with CEH, considering how well, uh, uh, frankly, how well uh, Daryl Williams has played? Daryl Williams has been all right. So is Derek Gore filling in Mm -hmm. occasionally on that goal line role. But again, I think the problem with CEH has never been his talent or his capabilities. 
The problem has always been the price tag that people want to put on them, the lofty expectations that they want to have because it's, you know, Kansas City. So add 10 spots to however yeah. high you would rank him. Add 10% inflation tax. Exactly. Kansas City on the jersey. Yeah. But I mean, as long as Daryl Williams has been the guy in PPR, he's finished as RB7, 33, 16, and 29. Basically yeah. what you can expect from CEH, you know, borderline top 20, realistically a back end RB2. And that's the production Daryl Williams has been giving you. So uh, if you're expecting anything out of CEH that you weren't already getting from Daryl Williams, you're doing it wrong. All it does to me is nuke the value of Daryl Williams if you've been playing him the last few weeks. Which was always, this was always a short-term investment because I was the one who came on this very show and was saying that we went through the waiver wire that one week when all the running backs got hurt. Uh, And I was saying I would take Daryl Williams out of all of them because you're going to get three solid weeks of production out of this. And then you're probably going to have to find another solution. Well, you got four. Yeah. So there, there you go. He got, you got one extra week out of it. And now you maybe can get one more week out of Daryl Williams this week. I'm actually projecting. Cause I think they might do the same thing here. We just talked about with Chris Carson where they don't work CEH all the way back in one week. So I don't know that they're going to just toss him out there and say, it's okay. It's your job again, kid. You can get the whole thing. This is the last week I would say, you might be able to get away with starting Daryl Williams one more time. I think this might be the last one, though. So I don't know how you feel about that. Or if you already readjusted Daryl Williams to his normal spot with CEH playing, which is usually somewhere in, like, I would say, what, upper 30s? I think right around, like, RB40. Yeah, it's around 40-ish. Like I said, it's two different scenarios for me because CEH is four years younger. He's a guy that they invested a first-round draft pick in that they were high on for whatever reason. And uh, well, we've seen their talent evaluation department in action yeah. over the last several years, but they're at a point where they don't need him to come back, right? Like they're, yeah. they're, they're playing terrible, but still somehow winning games and they don't really need him to come back because like I said, Derek Gore, Daryl Williams, they're playing good enough to get by that. You don't have to rush CEH back in. So I feel like if he's ready to go, we're going to see what happened with David Montgomery on Monday, where you've got a young running back who's coming off of IR. He's healthy to go. Give him the full workload. Even if he's not 100% ready, he'll still get his normal job and his normal snap count. I think the issue with Carson is the severity of the neck issue, that this is a long-term thing he's been dealing with and will continue to deal with. Right. And I think they're just going to, in general, completely change the outlook of his workload going forward to try to make sure that long term for his personal health, he's able to, you know, walk in 10 years. That's what they should do. (laughs) But it's Pete Carroll. That's fair. And you can never predict what Pete Carroll's going to do. Yeah, don't want to make any assumptions. right? Yeah. So that's what they should do. That's a logical thing that you just went through there. But I do want to point out that. Pete Carroll has not proven over his life to be a logical man who makes logical decisions. He does what he wants. So it's a, uh, it's a conundrum. Makes him one of my favorite figures to try and analyze in football. Actually, that's a different podcast. The next topic that we do need to go through here is functionally the Patriots kind of, we've, the Patriots have more or less worked out a pecking order, right? Stamian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson is the backup. JJ mm-hmm. Taylor sometimes is a healthy scratch, sometimes he plays. And Brandon Bolden is there doing Brandon Bolden things. Right. And Brandon Bolden really only gets those bigger numbers 
usually the way those happen when he gets those double digit like 10 or 13s that he occasionally pulls out that leave him on the fringes of fantasy are usually when somebody gets hurt in game and then suddenly they need to go hurry up for some reason and then mm-hmm. Brandt is out there. And if he falls in the end zone, he gets double digits. Right. It's not really something I'm super interested in, but other platforms, other individuals, even some of our staff are more pro Brandon Bolden than I think either you or I have historically been and probably right. continue to be. However, for this week, Damian Harris is hurt, left that game last week injured. So did Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah, they both it's, have uh, a concussion. Yes, and from our conversation... Not, sorry, they're not sharing a concussion. They both individually got concussions. That would be quite a trick. I don't know how you have to like Vulcan mind meld it to get them to share one brain. So the Patriot way, we're of one yeah. mind here. So. Oh, okay. It's, so it's like Bill Belichick, the yeah. hive mind connects it? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's mm-hmm. interesting. That's inter- uh, the, one guy has a concussion, we all do. Right, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> explains a lot about Josh McDaniels. Hey, oh! Uh, within that, the Harris and Stevenson are both, I think where we would agree, not a lock to play yeah. this week. It's looking the longer, the further we get into this week, and granted it's still early. They're a long way, apparently both of them from clearing the concussion protocol. So it's looking more and more like JJ Taylor and Brandon Bolden, maybe your one, two punch this weekend. Yikes. My question to you, do you care? Is there any of that that interests you? Is the only one that would matter. Um, uh, You mentioned the fact that JJ Taylor has been a healthy scratch. That's how little they think of JJ Taylor. I feel like he will. I mean, look, we saw last year when he had one game last season where he had decent numbers because literally everybody else was hurt. He was thrown into a situation where he got some run. And then everybody thought, well, J.J. Taylor's the guy. You need to pick him up. You need to invest in J.J. And he never like saw the field again the rest of the season. So I feel like it's the same thing here. It's a one-week Band-Aid, but at least Brandon Bolden has been playing. He's been established in the offense to an extent. He is the pass-catching back, which is always what we prefer in PPR. So of the two of them, I would prefer Brandon Bolden if you can have one or the other, or if you absolutely need to roster a new running back for whatever reason. But again, I would honestly steer clear of both of them. If I could avoid it, it's just, if you're desperate, Bolden is the guy I would lean towards. Okay. Cause that's the, that's the, that's a good point because w- things that are, or at least were before waivers ran uh, earlier today, which still might be widely available, mm-hmm. largely available here. I think you and I are going to e- be on the same page easily on the first one. Yeah. Uh, Devonta Freeman versus Brandon Bolden. If you, if you need a replacement running back, Devonta Freeman. Yeah, me too. Uh, and then there's a few other ones that are on this list though, of like weird, weird kind of, it's a weird waiver wire crop for, for this weekend. Jordan Howard. Uh, jo- I mean, given how they've used him, Jordan I'm taking Howard. Jordan Howard. Yeah, He's Jordan doing everything Howard. that we were hoping they would allow, uh, Kenneth Freeman to, or Kenneth Freeman. Now I got it. Kenny Gainwell, uh, Kenny Gainwell to do hashtag fire Sirianni. So if you can just fire Sirianni. because he seems like a nice enough guy, but he is really he, letting the It side seems down like he's here. a coward. Well, he he's doesn't set, want he's to really make letting, the right move. Yeah, he's really letting the side down here, playing old man Jordan Howard and not playing Kenny Gainwell, which is what he should be doing. It's very frustrating. Uh, uh, Alex Collins. Uh, I would rather have Bolden because... Totally nice. PPR. Yeah, because I think, again, that Collins will still get some work but not enough work to be fantasy relevant with Carson okay. coming back. Yeah. 
that's kind of where I landed with it as well. So it's a uh, a lot of that is still widely available out there on the waiver wire. Uh, And just about all of it, I think we would want to play over J.J. Taylor, certainly. That's how little we think of J.J. Taylor is that we rattled off just about everybody on the waiver wire you could think of. I guess we could go even lower if you want to do one. We'll do either Jamichael Hasty or Jeff Wilson. Uh, I'd rather have Jeff Wilson of the two of them, but I, I would rather Brandon have Brandon Bolden, Bolden okay, than so either I, one. All right, yeah. I think that's your Mendoza line because that's. But Mendoza again, like Mendoza. like we were just talking about. So if you're that desperate and you need someone that badly for this week, right now Dearness Johnson is available in almost sixty percent of leagues. I don't even include Dearness Johnson because I thought that would be obvious, but I didn't realize his ownership percentage was that bad. He's, was that... he's top, he was top 10 on a Thursday night, the one week yes. that he was given the workload. And he got and all the press about it. Even then, it was him and Demetric Felton splitting the job that week. Demetric Felton and Nick Chubb are both on the COVID list and are doubtful to play for this week. That leaves Dearness Johnson because Hunt is still on IR. That leaves Dearness Johnson as literally the only running back on the Cleveland Browns right now to the point that they had to sign Brian Hill off their practice squad. Oh, and they are God. currently trying out carry on Johnson and Edo Smith to try to get just warm bodies into the backfield. So they're not just giving Dearness Johnson 40 carries on Sunday, but right now, He's getting 40 carries. Right, right. Because there's literally nothing else. That's right. So, again, he was a top 10 back. I'm not going to say that he's going to be a top 10 guy again, but to think that he's going to go out there this week and put up top 20 numbers, it wouldn't stop Oh, that me. shouldn't even be that hard, frankly, yeah. given what we just went through with running back. Because Alex Collins, sorry, now I'm doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devonta Freeman is around like RB25 this mm-hmm. week because he's going to get three quarters of a job on Thursday night against a bad run defense. So to think that on a team that has a better rushing attack, typically really no matter who the going up against New England, going up against New England, which is not ideal, but it doesn't scare me that much. Yeah. Give me the guy who's going to get the whole job literally because of lack of any other options that could possibly do it again. He would have been what led the list. Had I thought to check when I was preparing for this show that what his ownership percentage was or what his roster ship percentage was because uh, it never occurred to me. I never, I never would have thought that's what shocked me. I never would have mm-hmm. thought that he would be below the 50% mark. Like that's And that is consensus. Yeah. That's consensus from Yahoo and ESPN, but even on ESPN specifically, he's 55% available right now. So, so he would qualify for the waiver column that we always have done. So there you go. Yeah. Dernis Johnson won for sure out of yeah. that list for, and then I would take Devonta Freeman as two of those. I think Jordan Howard would be three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Three. And then mm, I guess we go to Bolden. there's not much available yep. after that. There's a bit yep. of a drop mm-hmm. after that. So there you go. If any of that is still available and you're still looking for waiver wire replacements for this weekend, uh, check that out because yep. there's a couple decent options. And for where we are in the season, that's more than I can say about, most other years so last piece of housekeeping here uh sam darnold fractured scapula headed to the ir i'm not really concerned about anyone rostering sam darnold that'll be easy enough to replace although i will say guy's pretty tough 
realistic, I don't see how people are expecting him to play through that because with a fractured scapula, you wouldn't even be able to put your arm over your head. So how are mm-hmm. you going to throw a football? Right. Like, it's, what are you, Matthew Staffording it the whole game? You're going to sidearm it? Clearly. Like, it's uh, it's not going to work. So he's headed to IR. The only reason I bring it up is they're not counting Robbie Anderson. Not everything on the Panthers has been a disaster for fantasy purposes this year. Are you worried about any of that when we with when we make the transition to PJ Walker? Because we've seen him play a little bit, and it's been pretty uninspiring. Mm. No, because again, you you say that, but at the same time, service I guess is probably the more accurate way. It's not like he got the reps. But at the same time, Sam Darnold had a decent start to the season. But just take for example, yes, we we all know like the story of Robbie Anderson and his lack of doing anything, and you always bet the under on Robbie Anderson, and the screaming at Sam Darnold on the sideline, that's hilarious. But DJ Moore had a fantastic start to the season. Yeah. Through the first four weeks of the year, DJ Moore was a top five-ish, five or ten wide receiver. So DJ Moore was having a dominant start to the year, but since then, since week five, he's had an 8.8, 10.9, 13, a 9.9, and a 7.6. He has not been good over the last five games, and that's all Sam Darnold. That's Sam Darnold's inability to throw the ball, to read defenses, to do anything effective at all. So now you bring in P.J. Walker, great. Change it up. Do something different, because at this point, it's going to be difficult for it to be worse than it already was. Like, just be competent. (laughs) <laughs> and you'll be able to put up better numbers. Don't even need to get car. to the legend of Mike White. Yeah. You just need to just not crash the car. Okay. Exactly. That's kind of where I'm at with it too. So it's interesting that we've drawn the same conclusion because I was literally to the point where I was like, I actually do care about this because at this point, anything that isn't Sam Darnold, mm-hmm. unless it's like Tim Tebow coming out of retirement, would have to be an improvement, mm-hmm. especially over that last game that Darnold just played over the weekend right. when they literally had no measurable offense right. at all. So no, at this point, I'll take anything, uh-huh. throw PJ Walker in there. Yeah. I don't realistically see how it could be much worse. Right. It, it really, it shouldn't even be theoretically possible for it to be much worse than if you're Come looking on, at man, one bring game back cam. Yeah. Uh, like you, know you I, want to anything would be yeah. better than what you were doing. Plus Christian McCaffrey coming back should help a little bit. Right, because essentially what teams were able to do in this last stretch, and they were trying to do it the first couple of weeks and it wasn't working out, but basically what they've been able to do is drop eight, yeah, and you're just rushing yep. three and saying, I dare you to beat us with Chuba Hubbard in your Chuba's, defense. Yeah, and Chuba's not going to beat you. And you can't do it. Like mm-hmm. They tried that last year with Mike Davis, and Mike Davis was a top 10 running back for most of the time that Christian McCaffrey was out hurt. Now, towards the back end of that, he it fell off. To, yeah, it started to fall apart. But because the team started to figure that out, they were getting beat by Teddy Bridgewater a little bit more, and they were okay with that. And the season balanced out for them defensively and offensively. But this year, that hasn't happened. They've, they've basically dropped back. They've said, beat us with Chuba. They haven't been able to do it. So now McCaffrey's back, and you can't do that anymore. And I right. feel like that's going to open up the passing lanes and make things easier no matter who the quarterback is. And it's going to give... PJ Walker an opportunity for the next four to six weeks to show what he can do in the league. And, you know, we're, we're past the trade deadline now. So the only right. thing you could do is sign somebody off of waivers or free agency. They Which signed they Matt did. Barkley. I was going to say they signed Matt Barkley <laughs> of all people. So, but again, we've seen Matt Barkley be all right in the past. So 
Yeah, he runs the gambit. We've seen Matt Barkley be he's a game moderate to good, and we've also seen him be eye peeling terrible. So he's a game manager more than anything. It's it's nothing you care about. That's the way to look at this, right? Like PJ Walker, Matt Barkley. I don't care about them for fantasy purposes. No, they don't matter. I would only care or roster them in the very deepest of super flex leagues where you have to start two quarterbacks anyway. But even then, uh, it's questionable. Right. Uh, so for, is Mike White that, available? Yeah. From that standpoint, <laughs> like I don't care. But here for the pass catchers, for those guys, I think they'll be fine. I think McCaffrey will be fine. I think it again, Robbie Anderson, you should have cut weeks ago. So that doesn't matter there. But other than that, like I think DJ Moore will be fine. I think Terrace Marshall will eventually learn the offense. And I think that CMC being back is going to help everything get better. <laughs> it really should. Yeah. To, 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 if that doesn't fix it, then nothing will, nothing's going to fix it. Exactly. So what will fix it is Matt rule going back to college. That's right. Right. Exactly. That'll solve that problem. And then the Panthers can begin again yep. or they can resign cam and try and recapture that glory days one mm-hmm. more time, get the band back together. Well, see, it's a lighter news week, Steve. Last week, we had no end to the news, and we spent 30 minutes talking about Odell Beckham Jr. We could do that again if you want, and we could talk about the Odell. But I feel like at this point, I'm tired of talking about that. We, we could talk about Odell some more. Let's do that. Uh, we could talk. There's some other minor waiver news if you want to there, talk about There that. are, but I also was going to play a game with you if you wanted to spend half an hour playing a game. I'll All right, sure. Choice. What do you got? Well, I think we're going to do what we've done in the past here, where you and I are going to play – are going to play a little bit of a game of would you rather. Okay. So we we do this periodically and it's a good time to do this exercise folks as we've mentioned you've got 5 weeks left. The standard trade deadline for most normal leagues, check your own league settings to know when your trade deadline is, please don't just accept what I'm about to say, but if you plan a normal league, which a lot of people do, with normal deadlines, that day this year is December 1st. Conveniently, it is the 10th of November as we're as we're sitting here talking this through. So what it is, you know, what's a good time to do, Steve? It's a good time to start thinking about rest of season. Mm-hmm. We're past the halfway point. You kind of know who you are at this mm-hmm. point in your league. You've got five weeks to either solidify or five weeks to fix it. Right. And if you're already done by this point, then you already, you already know what you got to do. You either got to trade your t- team for draft picks or just pack it in and try again next year or whatever, whatever floats your boat, whatever mm-hmm. kind of situation you're in. But if you're still listening to this at this time of year, yeah, you're probably either trying to crawl your way back into your fantasy league or you're trying to solidify a playoff roster. So as we roll forward here, I'm working on some stuff for, you know, usually we do some trade deadline kind of like buys and sells type of stuff. I think it's important to help everybody kind of get their head around at this point in the year, who, who should we be, you know, who, who should individuals be trying to target to either dig out of a hole that they might be in or work, you know, work their way off their roster. So right. I've, I've got a smattering of names here, and I'm just going to kind of fire them off at your rapid fire. All right. If you were, for folks listening to this, I did not send this to Steve beforehand, so this will be interesting. Zach Moss. So you want, what, tr- should I a go for him or sell him or stay? Is that what you're looking for? Well, typically with Would You Rather, I was actually mid-thought there. What I was going to do was give you uh, two names – I'll give you two names and then we're going to play. Would you rather, who would you rather, who would you rather roster? So the second name for that was actually going to be Devin Singletary. Uh, I'd rather have Zach Moss. 
Okay. Still sticking with that, even though with mm-hmm. the the weird split in their role. Let's pick another name to go against Zach Moss because that one's kind of cheesy. Well, and uh, Zach Moss is hurt this week. So again, concussion, probably not going to play looking like Devin Singletary will be the guy. So for this week specifically, Singletary. Oh, well, for this week, but sure. for the season, sure, sure. Zach Moss. Which is the that. theme of the game, but that is a good yeah. note for, for folks that Devin Singletary would be. Uh, we referenced him a moment ago, J.D. McKissick. Um, yeah, that is a good one. Because Washington's been so bad. I know. I know. I know who I'm. Who I who I think I'm. Probably, probably Zach Moss by a hair. See, it's funny. I'm going McKissick by a hair, and it's mostly yeah. just because I'm getting it's a coin this, flip. I'm yeah. getting it is a coin flip. I'm getting this week out of Zach Moss, and in PPR, I'll take. Or I'm sorry, I'm getting this week out of McKissick. Out of McKissick, in PPR, yeah. I'll take. I'll take McKissick. Just it's really, really close. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a situation like that. So we'll go. Uh, We'll go for something a little bit different. Uh, Miles Gaskin. Uh, Gaskin. Yeah, me too. Okay. That's a little too high up the list here. Uh, AJ Dillon. Boy, it's again, you're splitting hairs. uh, And I'm going to go Moss by a hair just because he has. (sighs) It depends on the scenario. How about that? It depends sure. on your team. Uh, if Zach you can Moss elaborate, is, that's allowed. We've played this game before. <laughs> if Zach Moss is your current starting RB two or your flex, then yes, Zach Moss for sure. If Zach Moss is just a bench guy for you, and we're talking about who would I rather have on my bench, it's AJ Dillon, because the ceiling for AJ Dillon is Aaron Jones gets hurt. AJ Dillon's a top ten running back. Like there's no debate or argument about it. AJ Dillon is a top ten running back. If yeah, that happens. Yeah, We've seen especially the numbers. The, he's it, even had the fumbling problems, and they keep rolling him back out there anyway. So they they seem committed to this idea. And again, it's how this continues to follow him in his career. I don't know and haunt him, but the curse of Matt Lafleur. Uh, like if you look at the athleticism, you look at the size, you look at his his height, um, everything. AJ Dillon measures out basically like a mini me of Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. And he's in a scenario now in a Matt LaFleur offense <laughs> when he's the backup running back. The guy who couldn't figure out the Derrick Henry Deion Lewis picture. For those yeah, when he forgot that Derrick Henry existed yeah. for so long. And basically he's the same age as Derrick Henry when Derrick Henry was in the second year of his career not getting any touches. When Derrick Henry was extremely efficient as the number two and wasn't getting a lot of tread on him. And then when he finally got a shot to be the guy, he completely blew up. And AJ Dillon is a guy that if I can acquire to be on my roster in dynasty, I absolutely want to do it because down the road when he's the guy, again, this could be another Derrick Henry type scenario when you have a locked in top 10 back for three, four years, because he has that size athleticism and can just truck and run through people. So long-term AJ Dillon, and for this season as a bench player, the upside in AJ Dillon is 100% with him. Yeah. See, that's the interesting one, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's I think that's a that's a good enough comp for for Zach Moss right now. So, we'll we'll put that off to one side unless you want to try and pick one at receiver because I did have a receiver to go with that. Uh ah, we'll do it. We're here. Zach Moss or Tim Patrick if you were going to go the other way. 
uh, again, it's the same thing. It's all it's team based. It's hard because it's an apples to oranges. It's always hard to do that. That's why I normally don't give you out of position type of things because it's hard to to for me. I would say Zach Moss just because, uh, you know, whether it's bench or not, I'd always rather have running back because it's so thin running back depth. Yeah. Zach Moss is again. He's still the starter. He's getting more pass cat or yeah, he's getting more pass catching work. And he's more effective when he's touched the ball. He just doesn't have the full workload like some of the other guys, which is why his numbers haven't been as good. And I'm fine with that because Tim Patrick has been really, really, really touchdown dependent. Yes. It, he it's He's a tight end Incredible. at the wide receiver position. He either scores a touchdown and wins you your week, or, you or he doesn't four. score a touchdown and you get a four. That's and especially with Jerry Judy back, he's going to continue to fade out of that offense and that scheme and just be less and less reliable weekly. I have no pushback to that. I would yeah. rather have Zach Moss as well over Tim Patrick. The mm-hmm. only, the, I, I didn't disagree with hardly anything that you said, except for I would prefer JD McKissick and it's pretty close. Yeah. So, like I, it's a coin yeah, flip. So yeah. beyond that, I can't argue with it, but Zach Moss, I've, the reason that I put him on the list is because I've seen a lot of traction just on various platforms and even on Twitter, even people talking about they're, they're, they're ready to move on from Zach Moss. It felt like that they're mm-hmm. kind of giving up and I'm trying to figure out where you and I would land on that. Cause I'm like, I don't think I'm ready to give up on Zach Moss just yet. He's been a little disappointing, but no, I'm I, not going to give up. On I'm Zach not going to give again, up on it. That's the thing is like, I could understand that this goes back to our discussion we had earlier about CEH, mm-hmm. right? Is the reason I'm willing to not give up is because when we were ranking these players and projecting them out at the beginning of the season, I had Zach Moss at running back 30. And right now, Zach Moss is running back 32. Right. He's, I was going to say he's doing everything I expected him to do that. He, this is where I saw Zach Moss being this season. So I'm not disappointed. I know exactly what I got. I knew what I was doing. When I started this, if you well, had and it Zach was also, Moss as a top 20 running back in the preseason, that's why you're giving up on him. That's why you're upset. And yeah. that's why you feel that's like he's a bust upset. or he's failed you because you misevaluated what was right. happening. In because Buffalo. I was going to say, the, <laughs> the funny thing about that is, yeah, when you have him at 30 and he's at 32, it's like, no, oh, perfect. Nailed right. it. Like, it's exactly what I was hoping for. It's the exact same yeah. reaction I have, like we talked about with the Denver guys. Like right yeah. now, how you got a lot of got... people upset at Javante Williams. And I'm like, yeah, it's because you stop giving the ball to Melvin Gordon. Like, oh, Melvin Gordon what... is RB 15. Javante Williams is RB 24. They're what both RB twos telling people, which is literally what we said would happen yeah. all preseason. And here we are. So everybody called me crazy about again, that not surprising. stuff. And I'm like, no, it's going to, it's going to happen. And mm-hmm. then Melvin Gordon will have a new job next year. And then all the Javante Williams people can be so happy that it's just yeah. Javante Williams out there by himself. Like that's fine, but it's not yeah. how the team's going to work this year. Right. It's the same thing in Buffalo. So it's literally the same thing. So let's do another polarizing running back though. Cause I've, I've seen a lot of, there's a lot of internet traffic around this other individual here. Kenyon Drake. All right. Is the topic here. So we'll pick, we'll pick a, we'll pick a, Slightly distressing one. Uh, Kenyon Drake or Adrian Peterson filling in? Kenyon Drake. Yeah, me too. Uh, Kenyon Drake or, and this is a, this is a tougher one uh, because he's been, well, he's been hurt. I don't like this one that I sit here and do this with you live as an exercise. Uh, We'll do, we'll do uh, Kenyon Drake or AJ Dillon. 
I didn't have that written down. I had another name. Uh, I'm going to go with Kenyon Drake. Interesting. Interesting. See, that one for me is like literally two spots apart on my rest mm-hmm. of season type of rankings that I have. It's really hard for me to pick one there. And I've got AJ Dillon two spots higher. So I really couldn't argue it either way. I could, I could do it mechanically, but there's no point. So I would prefer AJ Dillon for the reasons you actually outlined in the Zach Moss conversation. Uh, I'd feel a little bit more comfortable, but it's literally two spots. So the, well, and that's the thing too. So like last week, I think is a prime example. The reason I went with Kenyon Drake there, and I'm going to, I'm, I'm just telling you now, I'm going to go with Kenyon Drake over a lot of guys in that same. Well, I'll go significantly up the list. Kenyon Drake or Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson. Okay. So that's kind of the, I, I literally went up like 10 spots to do yeah. that. So, and it's because in PPR over their last three games, Kenyon Drake, 21, 17 and 16. Right. He's put up good numbers and he put up the 21.3 in the week that Josh Jacobs missed. So we know that he can have that type of production and that type of finish. And more importantly, at least to me in my eyes, if I'm someone that's managing Kenyon Drake, not just as a handcuff to Josh Jacobs as someone who just has him on his roster. I mean, Kenyon Drake last week had 45% of the snaps to Josh Jacobs, 49. We talked about this, the idea that with them moving on from Gruden, now maybe we would see Kenyon Drake actually be used and utilized like somebody they paid in the office. Yeah, all that money they paid him to come in and do that job. Yeah. And so that's why I wanted to bring up Kenyon Drake because it's an interesting one because I notice on a lot of platforms, Kenyon Drake's projection weekly has not caught up to what his actual production on the field is. So he's still being pretty undervalued and he actually represents an interesting buy low opportunity mm-hmm. because if you've got somebody who isn't counting on Kenyon Drake and you need help at running back, it, sh- it won't cost much to acquire because it's, this is all still very fledgling. We're talking about three games that they've been without Gruden, but right. you just listed it off. He's been consistently good in the three games without Gruden and they really do seem to be making more of an effort to get him involved and to get him the ball and to take some of the load off Josh Jacobs, because I think they realize that Josh Jacobs is is, gonna, is already hurt and is going to be playing hurt again for the right. remainder of this year. And they need to not give him the full Josh Jacobs workload that we're used to because he will get seriously injured if they're going to continue to do that. Yeah. And Kenyon Drake, as we've illustrated at various points along his career, is actually a pretty decent pass catcher. Yep. Chase Edmonds just happens to be better at it. Yeah. But now that he's in, now that he's with the Raiders, he's the best pass. Well, Patrick Richard might actually be a better pure pass catching back, but he's not Kenyon Drake's yeah, size. Sure. Yeah, but yeah, he's yeah. not Kenyon Drake's size. So Kenyon Drake has a very nice opportunity to kind of be somebody for the back half here, sneaky, mm-hmm. real sneaky. And it's somebody I'd actually be interested in acquiring at the deadline here as we work our way through. And I would want to start looking at it now because right now it's still very cheap. Right. But if he puts up another 16, four in a row, for example, yeah. Price tag on that is going to get really high. So Kenyon Drake, by the way, the other reason that it's going to be cheap is like I said, it's, this is a very fledgling thing and it's only three games and this is subject to change. But if I only had to invest like a, a lower level bench player or a wide receiver or something that I don't need and I have replacements for, and I need a running back, I'd be pretty interested in it. To be honest, it's not the, it's not the crazy, it's not the sexiest thing, but it's also not the craziest thing I've ever heard. And it has season long rest of season value, which is the theme of this, which is why it's more attractive to me than picking up like a Devonta Freeman. 
where it's like, sure. okay, great. Now yeah. I have Devonta Freeman. I can play him for two weeks, maybe. Or picking up some of these other guys that are like Dernis Johnson, even like Nick Chubb will be back. And then Dernis Johnson's going to go back yeah, to his and old Kareem job. Hunt will be back. Yep. Yeah. And Kareem Hunt will be back. So it's like, those are great band-aids that might have higher upside in the short term. So they're worth looking at. But if I'm looking for a solution to a problem, mm-hmm. I'd rather I'd take a shot on a guy like Kenyon Drake if I didn't have a whole lot of like coins in my pocket. Right. So you jumped off on me on uh, on on uh, Antonio Gibson. So I don't know that we'll spend too much more time on it because I think we've driven the point home here. So mm-hmm. the the other one that I would that I wanted to uh, to go through with you is one that I know is near and dear to your heart. So I know you'll have opinions on this. Uh, Miles Gaskin. All right. Uh, so, Miles Gaskin, or and I'll give you one that I think I already know the answer to, but let's get let the let's let the audience hear about it. Miles Gaskin or Michael Carter? Um, Miles Gaskin for me. Yeah. Okay. You hesitated more than I thought you would. I figured you would just bark that out down my throat. Actually. Uh, again, it's another situation where when you you look at the numbers that they've put up and what they've done recently. I talked about this on our show, the, uh, the Thursday show last week with the guys locked in. Um, when I took the over on miles Gaskin, now the over didn't hit, but that's neither here nor there for this, the purposes of this show. Um, not bitter about it at all. No, not even, not Uh, not even even a little bit. bit. Uh, you look at his last five games against Tampa Bay. He was RB three, which stunned everybody. Yes. That was kind Uh, of the, Against Jacksonville, he barely played any snaps. He got out-snapped by Malcolm Brown, was RB48, but then he was RB8 against Atlanta, RB33 against a very good Buffalo defense, and RB12 last week against Houston. I pointed it out to the guys, um, again, when we were talking about the show last week, but going into last week, in games where Miles Gaskin played more snaps than Malcolm Brown, he was averaging 44 and a half rushing yards and 26.7 receiving yards. He had 34 yards last week rushing and 23 receiving. So he basically hit his receiving totals and rushing totals, his averages. Malcolm Brown is on IR. He's going to be Bill, out for yes. at least a few weeks. And he was able well, to he's get actually, he's actually been on IR. Malcolm yeah. Brown has. Yeah. So, yeah. So he's going to be out for at least a few more weeks. He scored a touchdown last week, which launched him up into RB12. And I think as long as Malcolm Brown is out and they are basically forced into playing Miles Gaskin in the full workload that he should have been playing the entire time, <laughs> I think he'll be fine. Especially Tell Brian Flores. Get right and blow yeah. up Brian Flores' face. Well, especially when you've got Baltimore and the Jets coming up back-to-back yeah. these next two weeks. Then you've got the Giants before you go into your bye you don't love having the buy in week 14 right at the end of the regular season. Yeah, not ideal. But you've got the Jets in week 15, New Orleans, Tennessee, and New England to finish the year. I mean, again, for me, it's wheels up on Miles Gaskin. He's still right around RB20 for me. I think he'll continue to stay there the rest of the way, and I just feel better about it with Malcolm Brown out. Yeah, that's funny because I actually only have him like probably four or five spots lower the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. It's like 24, 25. And so- as I said about the uh, – uh, you you brought it up because I talked about it in the chat with the nerd and basically Michael Carter and the hype train that he's getting right now is basically a top 15. It wasn't just back. that, but I knew you'd have an opinion. So sure. <laughs> and, and 
it's essentially, like I said, when you split it up and you look at the numbers, the receptions, the targets, the usefulness in the passing game is what has been helping him the past few weeks. And I don't remember off the top of my head, I can do the math here real quick, but it's something in the neighborhood of when Mike White has been under center the last two games and now will be under center again this week. When Mike White is the quarterback of the New York Jets, Michael Carter has 17 targets. Mm -hmm. The other six games of the year, Michael Carter has a combined 12. So and I will point out that 17 is funny because would it shock you to learn? Well, not you because you're probably looking at it, but yeah. for those listening to it, would it shock you to learn that 14 of those targets were in one game and it was the game in week eight of the 17? Like he had. He oh, had, I'm sorry. I was looking at receptions. So he has uh, 23 targets yes, in the two games. 20, with Mike 23. White. He had 14 targets. He had four. I was trying to. He I was had 23 to targets to in the game, in the two games with Mike White. He has. And he has had 16 total targets right. in the other six games without Mike. This White. is why I'm glad we're having the conversation about Michael Carter. This is exactly the conversation yeah. I was trying to have with you. The Mike White checkdowns is the only thing that has saved him. Exactly. Because Michael Carter when you look at everything else. Like, yeah. When you look at everything else, pointless. he's had 10 to 14 carries every single game. And he doesn't do much with he's it. Averaged he's averaged about offense. 40 yards rushing per game which is fine but so and it's the jets so he yeah. has little to no touchdown opportunity exactly. in the it's, red zone it's so not there's a no chance to score there's no chance to gain rushing yards because he's not good so it's really just is he getting targets and receptions and with mike white he is and with anyone else he isn't that's exactly the point and so because we were in this weird situation mike white would be not or mike white uh Michael, Michael, Carter. Car Michael Carter would not be a top worth discussing in fantasy yeah. circuit circles without Mike White throwing 23 dump offs to him in two games. Mm -hmm. That's like Austin Eckler. Like yeah. what what's happening with that? So it only matters for individual. This is why I keep seeing people like, oh, you got to try and trade for Michael Carter. You got to try and trade for Michael Carter. And, you know, I do a lot of the trade. Con and I'm like, no. Oh, God, no. The only yeah. time I would trade for Michael Carter is if I knew that Mike White was starting the rest of the year, then right. go for it, go crazy. But yeah, that's right. Because again, like, that was my whole like, no right. way. When you look at the numbers in the games without Mike White under center, Michael Carter has been PPR running back thirty-seven. He's, yeah, he's not relevant. And with Mike White, he's running back two. Yeah, like number two, like it's not insanity. in RB two, the RB two behind Alvin insanity. Kamara, and that's yeah, it. that's what I'm saying. It's Austin Eckler territory of targets, yeah. where it's like, oh my god, he got 23 targets in two games. What happened? Like that's 12 dump offs a game. What? And right, right now, it's unbelievable. But the disparity is shocking, and it's I think that gets lost in the wash when we're uh, when we're going through all of that. Yeah, for sure. So. I cannot believe that I just want people to know that as they're preparing to build their playoff roster. Cause I've getting a lot, I've seen a lot of got to trade for Michael Carter. Got to get him on your roster now. Well, it's still inexpensive. And I'm like, you did not look into that deeply enough. Like that's the only reason you're giving that advice is that you did not go all the way down the rabbit hole, but let's pivot back to miles Gaskin. And we'll, we touched on it a moment ago, but I'll, I'll, I'll go through it with you. Cause uh, 
Miles Gaskin or either Melvin Gordon or Javante Williams, since they literally are so close to each other in every conceivable metric. I will take either Denver running back. So would I. Okay. And I would prefer Melvin Gordon, but that's just me. And it doesn't, for me, it doesn't matter because like I said, again, I love Miles Gaskin. I think he's got great upside, but I think both of those guys rest of season, I think as it is like in my own personal rankings, I would have Gaskin around 20 rest of season. And then both Williams and Gordon around 24. And again, I think they're both going to finish with about the same amount of points. But if either one of them were to get hurt, the other one automatically becomes a top 15. Exactly. They immediately go into the top 15. Probably. So there's a bigger upside there. Plus the floor is where you've already got him at Miles Gaskin territory. So yes. And there is very little chance that Miles Gaskin gets even more workload. I think the cheaper alternative would be to pick up Javante Williams. And if I could do that, I'd do it. Yeah, and I think that would be slightly cheaper as well, given the kind of name recognition and the frustration level that we got into before because he was overvalued in the uh, in the run up to the draft process. So, no, I would take either one of them as well. Uh, Damian Harris. That's a real close one, isn't it? Um, Damian Harris doesn't catch any passes. Kind of right. score, but he's been scoring. He doesn't. And then he gets hurt. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't catch the passes, but like you said, he is getting in the end zone and he's getting basically the entire rushing workload. Um, He has the upside to have top 10 weeks. We've seen that already. Uh, I'll answer it first. I'm going to go with Damian Harris, by the way. That's that's who I'm going to go with. It's very close, but I would prefer Damian Harris slightly just because he is getting... When he is healthy, he's getting a little bit more of a consistent thing. And they are moving the ball well enough. And he should be having an even bigger season if it wasn't for a couple yeah. of stupid penalties. So not not that he caused. But I'm going to go with Damian Harris. I'm going to go with Gaskin just barely. Okay. Um, but again, it's it's real close for me. Yeah, again, I appreciate what Damian Harris has done. He's gone over 100 yards twice. He's gone over 80 yards in three of his last four games. And mm-hmm. again, this last game he left because of the concussion. But... For me, yeah, you said it. It's the pass catching. The fact that there's literally no involvement at all in the passing game. For that to be sustainable, we, we've said the only person that can make that work is Derrick Henry. And it's because he gets so much volume and puts right. up so many yards that having no involvement in the passing game at all is fine. And that's not the case for Damian Harris. Yeah, and that's that's kind of a conundrum. Because the it. other thing is, He's had decent weeks. He's been fairly consistent the last few weeks, but he's scored a touchdown in the last five games. Yeah, that's that's the thing that you. I mean, that's what's carrying him right now. We're in Legarrette Blunt territory. Yes, you're getting to Legarrette Blunt territory, and now he's he's beat up. So you've got you've got that conundrum as well. So like I said, it's very very close, and I would skew just to Harris because I think as long as he continues to score those touchdowns, that it's just going to be so much more valuable to you than trying to predict what they're going to do with Miles Gaskin, but. The only reason it's close is the is the pass catching. So it's very, very close. I have them within like two spots. And then we'll do one last one and then we'll move on, uh, which is. Uh, oh, let's pick a different one because I actually wrote that. Now, as I look at it, I don't like the way that that tears off. You know what? We'll go back to the well again because I didn't have this written down, but I'm changing the rules as we play through this. Miles Gaskin or J.D. McKissick? Since you went McKissick over uh, uh, Gaskin. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. 
So it's Gaskin for me too on that one as well. It's a little more predictable. What you know, you kind of know what you're going to get. Whereas JD McKissick, if they don't go hurry up and they actually ever manage to establish the run or are winning games for right, crying out loud, right. yeah, you're not going to get. You'll get a five. It'll be, it'll be pretty ugly. So Steve, those are the ones that I had prepped, but I know you usually have a couple different ones that you might want to tag on here. So I'll kick it over to you here as we have like five-ish minutes kind of left in the show just to to see if you've got any ones that you want to go through. Um, there's none that immediately jump out to me. Uh, I, I typically prefer to go down the wide receiver rabbit hole. Um, and it's kind of guys that like rest of season, how do you think it's going to go? Cause like at this point, I think the biggest one for me is Michael Pittman. Like I talked about Michael Pittman last year. I had him ranked above Justin Jefferson and that looked like a horrible mistake. Um, I drafted him ahead of Justin Jefferson last year. We're getting closer. And I mean, he's right now he's outscoring him. He's outpacing him. Like Carson Wentz has not been great, but he's at least getting him the ball, which is something that Phillip rivers could not do. So, I mean, Michael Pittman's played extremely well, even with T Y Hilton back, he's played really well. He's a top 10 wide receiver at this point but do you do you buy it is that sustainable for the rest of the season or are you talking about for his career season for the rest of the season i absolutely buy it my only my only concern is ty hilton coming back because as bad as that offense has been they've just been force feeding it to michael pittman so with Mm -hmm. ty hilton coming back we did notice a little blip in production in the, the one game you actually got with T.Y. Hilton making it the whole way through the game with Michael Pittman. It's only happened yeah. one time this year. And T.Y. Hilton ended up with 12 fantasy points in that game, and he did cut into Michael Pittman a little bit. So that's yeah. the only concern I have. But here's the thing about that. And you're talking to a guy who actually in a league was desperate enough to put in a waiver claim on T.Y. Hilton. So like, I'm, I'm not totally convinced T.Y. Hilton is done. But what we've seen from T.Y. Hilton at this point is I have precious little evidence that T.Y. Hilton is going to make it through the rest of the season. He could, he could literally get hurt first play tomorrow or uh, Sunday, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be surprised. Like, it's just, that's the way his season is going. Well, let's go through a few of these because they're all good players. So sure. that makes it a little more challenging. Yeah, yeah. But points per game, these are all guys right around him. So rest of season, Michael Pittman or Mike Williams? Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman or C.D. Lamb? Michael Pittman. Michael that Pittman or Keenan Allen? Michael Pittman again. Yeah, I don't know. Because again, Mike Williams has not been getting the target share, so I agree with you there. But Keenan Allen has been, I think he's flipped I'm the looking at my here. rest of season rankings, and I've got Michael Pittman by two spots. I've got Michael Pittman at eight, finishing at wide receiver oh eight God. the rest of the way. Boy, That's how that much is, I think of Michael Pittman at this point. That is a lot. DeAndre Hopkins. I'm concerned about DeAndre Hopkins with the mounting injuries and what's going to happen with him at this point and the decreased volume. So, like I said, DeAndre Hopkins isn't in the top eight anymore for me. That's why I've been trying to trade him. Terry McLaurin. Sorry, I'm looking for Terry McLaurin on here, and I can't find him, and it's driving me crazy. So it's got to be Michael Pittman. Yeah, it's Michael Pittman. Uh, Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs. Cooper Cup. Yeah. Cooper Cup. <laughs> yeah. Cooper Debo. Cup. Uh, no, not Debo. I'll just give it to you. Uh, sure. Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs, AJ Brown, Chris Godwin, uh, 
Mike Evans, Michael Pittman, and that's subject to change as I learn. Mike more Evans, about. that's a controversial one. That's right. That's my most controversial one. I think Mike Evans is in for a uh, is in. So for you're a, saying you would take Michael Pittman over Jamar Chase? See, that's the one. This is where this. This is why we go through these exercises because that's why that's why we go through this because I didn't even account for Jamar Chase at this point. And I'll just admit that to you flatly. I need to. I need to take a look at that because yeah, that's a, that's, that's a, that's a puzzler right there as I far think, as that one goes. Yeah. I would take chase. I think I would Deontay take Johnson well is I in the conversation. Yeah, he is. Deontay Johnson is just the volume. But the injury to, uh, to Ben definitely hurts it. What about Justin Jefferson? Uh, Justin Jefferson is nine. Okay. So that's why this is, a, that's why that's a good one. Cause I have those two literally right next to each other. That's why I was interested that you led that off. Cause I'm like, they are kind of linked, aren't they? Mm -hmm because of how they came into the league. So, and I literally have them one spot apart from each other. AJ Brown. I already gave AJ Brown. He's, he's up there. He's up there. Okay. Yeah. I didn't hear that one. Uh, AJ right. well, Brown. That's very interesting. So mine's a little different than, than, uh, than in other years. Cause normally, frankly, there's some of these names normally don't get this high up. Normally this would look different. Deandre Hopkins would be ahead of him. Right. But it's just, it's a testament to what Michael Pittman has been able to accomplish to this point. Like I said, the only thing that makes me nervous about it not getting the whole way through the rest of the season is if T.Y. Hilton comes back and spoils the sauce and, and cuts too much into it. And then I'm going to have to readjust because obviously I tweak these in the background every week to figure out the trade targets and things like that. But for right now, that's, that's where, as we sit here and talk today, that's how it reads. So it might be different even as, as little as next week, but we'll learn more as we get through it. And for what it's worth, Michael Pittman, the back half of his schedule is uh, is pretty tasty. So you get some you get some good you get some good uh, some good matchups with uh, with Michael Pittman. Uh, what's frustrating is that he has the bye in week fourteen. So yeah, uh, like I said, otherwise, I mean, to me, he's easily a top twenty guy, borderline top fifteen. I don't know if I'd go all the way to say he'll stay top ten, but I'm very impressed with what I've seen from him this year. Looking into next season, because let's assume that T.Y. Hilton retires, because I think that's a pretty safe assumption. Yeah. Uh, where would you want to project? And this is obviously a fool's game, right, that we're talking about here, because, you know, this changes a lot in the offseason. But where would you want to have Michael Pittman coming into next year with no T.Y. even on the team, assuming Ceteris Paribus? Probably well, the same, around yeah, 20. Around, around 20. See, that's interesting. So if you were going to go through that, would you – Do you have Jamar, what would you have Jamar Chase at then? Because that's another one that's really polarizing oh, that we probably could have talked about. Top 10, probably what, six? Yeah, something like that. I mean, I had yeah. Jamar Jefferson five this year, so, so probably sure. yeah. in that neighborhood. Well, because yeah. we're, we're going to lose some of our of our perennials at this point that won't be able to qualify anymore. Well, and that's so the thing too, like – Whatever you're getting from Michael Pittman this year, you're going to get it next year too because the – Colts are intent on just giving away that first round pick to Philly. Yeah. So they're not going to have a first round pick. It's going to be Carson Wentz again next season. They're too pot committed now. So, I mean, we're going to get at least one more year of this. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a conundrum to say the least. It's, it's, I'm going to be struggling with Michael Pittman coming into next year as far as ranking him. Cause I just have a feeling he's going to wind up higher than 20 for me. Given, yeah. I think that given where when, we're at. you're trying to look ahead to 2022, obviously Cooper cup, I think is still going to be there. Robert Woods is still going to be a top 20 guy with Matt Stafford. Right. Right. They'll both qualify. You're still going to have Tyreek Hill. DeAndre Hopkins gonna, will still be in there. You're still going to have Hopkins. You're still going to have Metcalf, Deontay Johnson, 
Justin Jefferson, who we already talked about. Keenan Allen, who we Keenan already Allen, touched on. C.D. Lamb, Terry McLaurin, D.J. Moore, Stefan Diggs. Uh, that's 12 right there. A.J. Yeah. Brown 13. is 13. Calvin Ridley. See, I don't know. See, I don't know. It comes back. Hard to say. What about, uh, did you mention Debo? No, I did not. Because see, that's that's going to be another, know. Con- I know, but that's going to be a controversial one. He, we'll have I, to see how he to finishes To me, Debo season. is in the picture with the same area as Michael Pittman. Yeah, well, he, how could he not be at this point? Yeah. Even with Brandon Ayuk having you know a good game last right. week, which you like to see. But how could he not be at this point? Because and then Mike Williams, who we also talked about, where I think he's on the outside looking in, right? For me, but, but that's that's fourteen there. guys. Yeah. The biggest question about Deontay Johnson is who's the quarterback? Right, right. So is he fifteen? Same thing, Devontae Adams. Where is he yeah, playing? Where is he even playing? But he's probably at least sixteen at worst. Jamar Chase, and then. Uh, you've got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Does Antonio Brown leave? And is Tom Brady yeah. still there? Exactly. These are right. all things. And then you've if got it's Adam Kyle Thielen. Trask. I definitely don't want that. Well, yeah. So. And you've got Adam Thielen, who's also on the outside looking in for right. me. But if someone, something was to change with some of those guys, Adam Thielen might yeah. slot in there. So like got I said, DJ I mean, I can list easily 17, 18 guys. I would take ahead of Michael Pittman at the start of next season knowing what we know now, but again, depending on how some of these chips fall with free agency and trades and where the quarterbacks land and whatnot, he could easily move up that list. Yeah. It's he's a, he's an interesting one to keep your eye on for next year. A couple of those guys that we went through are the other one that I was going to say that's worth talking about is possibly Debo Samuel, because it's just like, what do you even do? Yeah. It's the same thing. Like we talked about, a couple of years ago, Debo was the guy everyone wanted him to be a top 20 wide receiver. And we said, well, right. When you looked at the math, the only time that Debo was a top 20 wide receiver was when George Kittle was hurt. Right. And he so was the, literally Debo, the only option. That's yeah. all they had was Debo. Samuel. Even when they traded for Emmanuel Sanders, Debo fell off the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. So projecting Debo Samuel to be a top 20 wide receiver was projecting that Kittle would be hurt and he'd be the only guy again, which didn't pan out. They got Brandon Ayuk. Well, Brandon you say Ayuk it, it didn't over. pan out until this year when it, the exact well, same thing happened again. <laughs> they got Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk basically cut into that role to the point that Debo was like, what, wide receiver 50 last yeah, year? Yeah, yes. Like Brandon, 50, Ayuk, 60. Brandon Ayuk was ahead of him by the end of the year. And Brandon Ayuk was the one. He was Jimmy's favorite. You had George Kittle still coming back. It looked like it was going to be basically the same offense. And then for no apparent reason, Second-year wide receiver Brandon Ayuk that they loved and are very invested in goes into the doghouse because Kyle Shanahan doing Kyle Shanahan things. And Debo Samuel is getting all the love. And now this pat like as the weeks have gone on, Ayuk has been more involved. Now Kittle is back healthy. And I think Debo's numbers are going to start to start trailing off and getting further and further down the page we can do we can do wide receiver next week if you want and do largely the same exercise that we did spend the whole half hour on it because if that uh, but again in a game where they were facing arizona a game they absolutely should have won they seemed underprepared and they were trailing literally the entire time for that game you've got your quote-unquote number one wide receiver in Debo Samuel out there getting outpaced, out targeted by Ayuk, getting outplayed by the tight end Kittle, and he scores 11 points. Well, I was going to say to finish my thought from a moment ago, 
uh, Debo is actually on my die best list. I'd be looking to move on from Debo Samuel as quickly as possible to keep it, to get the maximum value because I have very little confidence that he's going to be able to stay at the pace that he's been on. And his numbers will look fine at the end of the year because he's had some huge games, but I'm not convinced that he's going to be able to keep up the volume that he's had now with Kittle back and now with Brandon Ayuk rounding into form a little bit and working his way out of the doghouse. I want, I want to move on from Debo Samuel right now when I might be able to get top 20 wide receiver where well, I should be able to get top 20 wide receiver value for it today. I, you won't be able to do that. I don't think in about four weeks when we hit the trade deadline. So Debo yeah. is very high up my move on list uh, for sure. He's the anti Michael Pittman or I want all the Michael Pittman shares. I can get my greedy little hands on. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I don't want, I don't, I want to move on from my in fact. If I could trade Debo Samuel for Michael Pittman right now, I would totally do that. And I think people might look at you crossways and then talk to me again at the end of the year when that ha- when that pans out. So that's that's kind of where I'm at. Frankly, do you think you could trade Debo for Terry McLaurin right now? Cuz I think you could. Probably. You could I think I'm, you could I'm and sure I think that's another for one. Stefan Diggs and that's what I would that, be trying to do. I would do that too, actually. That's a good one. That's a good one. So, we could do that next week, Steve. We can go through and, and do the same thing we yeah, did with running back. We'll look at wide receiver. Yeah. We might as well. So, as we kind of get people prepped for like who you and I individually are looking to invest in and who we're looking to kind of move on from and then it gives us this gives us a nice way to talk about controversial opinions and plays in a nice way too especially the whole michael michael carter thing so i'm glad we got into that because that doesn't make any sense to me watching watching people try and pick up michael carter so anyway i think that wraps it up my friend i didn't have anything else prepped for today all right well again at nonsense underscore steve at nonsense underscore neil at nonsense ff uh, everywhere and then uh, patreon.com slash important nonsense come join the discord for a dollar hang out talk ask your questions have a good time uh, but until next week everybody we appreciate you watching we appreciate you following along and just keep up the nonsense music for this podcast is provided by lee rosevere i'm tim kitzer from nba jam and nfl blitz and you can find all the guys at importantnonsense.com kaboom